0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This day in crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show.
0: Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Todd McComas, and I hope your Tuesday has been uncommonly noteworthy, which for all you grammar junkies out there is redundant use of an advert. And I know you've been hard at work making sure we all get our Amazon deliveries on time or helping idiots like me figure out how to open a zip file. So let's get right to it. Here's Laura Benson with some of the top crime stories from 2023.
1: Mass shootings and massive indictments. A murder suspect hits the road and gets a new nose. Doomsday Mom finally goes to trial. Crypto for creeps. And a scammer starts a podcast. All this and more coming up on This Day in Crime. Laura Benson, and today is January 2nd, 2024. As we celebrate the new year and set intentions to join a gym, I find myself still a little hung up on 2023. It was a very full year after all, and I feel like it still needs some digesting. I'll kick things off here with a few of the biggest trials of 2023. My personal favorite that's a weird thing to say, but it's true, is the trial and conviction of Caitlin Armstrong for the murder of pro-cyclist Mariah Wilson in May of 2022. Now, there are a few things about this case that really pulled me in. Mostly, Armstrong just seemed to incriminate herself every step of the way. Plus, there's a bit of a love triangle, which I'm always a sucker for, and I'm pretty sure that Armstrong and I are the same age. Anyway, Mo Wilson and Caitlin Armstrong had both dated this gent, Colin Strickland, Mo goes out to dinner with this guy and is then murdered that night, May 11th, 2022. The shells from the bullets match a handgun registered to Armstrong, and a Jeep similar to hers is noticed near the apartment where Mo is shot that night. Armstrong is questioned and released by the cops, but the day after, May 14th, she decides to sell her Jeep, hop on a plane to Costa Rica using her sister's passport, and she starts a yoga business south of the border. Not really the yoga teacher I would want. Anyway, she evades authorities for about 43 days, and when they finally find her, she's had a nose job, changed her hair color and cut, and she's been using a handful of different alias names. Oh, and then when she's headed to trial, she actually runs from correctional officers and tries to scale the fence of the correctional facility. I guess she also just wanted to show her athletic side. Anyway... Not a major surprise that she was found guilty on this one and sentenced to 90 years in prison. While one criminal gets sentenced, another alleged criminal continues to evade court. Brian Koberger's defense was able to delay his trial through the entire year of 2023. As I'm sure all of you listening know, the then 28-year-old Koberger was charged with four counts of murder and one count of felony burglary when four University of Idaho students were killed in their shared home in Moscow, Idaho in November of 2022. Koberger was a PhD candidate at Pullman University studying criminology. Now authorities urge the public not to draw any connections between criminology and an actual murder, but I mean, I did. Furthermore, with DNA on a knife sheath left behind at the scene that was a near match to Koberger's DNA, his phone GPS tracking him to the site on the day of the crime, eyewitnesses, and his own internet history, oh, and the fact that he drove 2,000 miles away to his family's home in Pittsburgh right after, there's a lot stacking against Koberger. But we will just have to wait and see what a trial brings in 2024. That is, if the defense ever lets a trial date be set. Lori Vallow-Daybell, who you may remember was also called the doomsday mom by many, was found guilty in May on all charges for her role in the deaths of her 16-year-old daughter, Tylee Ryan, her 7-year-old adopted son, Joshua J.J. Vallow, and her husband's first wife, Tammy Dabel. To make things even more fun, in December of 2023, Vala Daybell was also indicted on conspiracy for murder charges for allegedly arranging for her brother, Alex Cox, to shoot and kill her fourth husband in July of 2019, as well as attempting to murder her niece's husband. Now, there is a lot to unpack in this case, with a complicated history dating back many years. The short story is that circa 2018, Lori got really into working with Chad Daybell and really into religion. Lori met Chad at a Church of Latter-day Saints seminar that he was teaching, and the two apparently hit it off from the first meeting. Davil has authored a number of books about his personal experiences and religion, and according to his autobiography, Chad claims two near-death experiences earlier in his life have allowed him to receive direct messages, visions, revelations, and prophecies from God. The visions have prompted Chad to publish many novels about the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Lori and Chad even began hosting a podcast together. She became increasingly religiously extreme over the next few years, believing that people, and eventually her own kids, turned to zombies via possession. In early September of 2019, her daughter Tylee Ryan disappeared. And later that same month, her son JJ disappeared. On October 19th, Chad Daybell's wife, Tammy, died in their bed with no autopsy requested. And about two weeks later, Lori and Chad got hitched and moved to Hawaii. Now I don't know about you, but if my two kids had gone missing, I wouldn't be leaving the mainland and marrying a newly widowed guy two weeks later. What in the world? In June of that year, the remains of the kids were found in Daybell's backyard and Valo Daybell was charged in 2021, but her case was put on hold so she could receive mental health treatment, which she very clearly needed. It wasn't until April of this year that her trial began, and she was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison in July.
0: We'll be right back after I tell you about something that's going to make your life way better. Hey, Tenderfoot listeners. Before we start the show, I want to tell you about a new true crime podcast from the Tenderfoot team called The Raven. It's about a double homicide that took place after the biggest night in sports, the Super Bowl. And the man caught up in the center of the crime? Baltimore Ravens star linebacker Ray Lewis. Hosted by Tim Livingston, who brought you the award winning whistleblower podcast, The Raven will reinvestigate the Atlanta Super Bowl murders and unveil new evidence that paints a vivid picture of what happened that tragic night. Check out this trailer. Kickoff for Super Bowl 34. Atlanta, Georgia, 2000, a Super Bowl classic. Hours after the game, two men were stabbed in the street. Ray Lewis and two friends are charged with murder. It's time to tell the story of what happened that tragic night. When he murdered my nephew, they made Ray Lewis famous. Football, murder, and the man in the middle. From Tenderfoot TV, this is The Raven. Big cases make for big mistakes. Look what happened in O.J. Simpson. And look what happened in Ray Lewis. Listen for free on Apple Podcasts. Search The Raven in your podcast app to follow the show.
1: 2023 was also a year with a lot of public shootings. This is a tough one to review quickly, but I feel like I'd be remiss to not just mention at least a few of these, as they were really big news. The U.S. statute for what constitutes a mass shooting is an event in which three or more people are killed. According to this definition, there were actually more mass shootings than days in 2023, by about twofold. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and read you every single one of these, but I'll share a few of the um, most fatal and most memorable. Memorable really depends on where you are and who you ask, but here we go. 2023's list of the top most deadly mass shootings. The biggest mass shooting of the year took place on October 25th at two separate locations in Lewiston, Maine. 18 people were killed and 13 others were injured by Robert Card, who was found dead after a two-day manhunt. Card was a U.S. Army reservist and certified firearms instructor, oh joy, who'd been hospitalized and ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation three months prior to the shooting. Moving on to number two. This one happened early in 2023. Hu Kan Tran, aged 72, killed 11 people during a Chinese New Year celebration at the Star Ballroom Dance Studio in Monterey Park, California. He was found dead in his vehicle after he fled the scene of an attempted second shooting. Now, one thing that I remember from this was that video that circulated of the young man disarming the older shooter. Does everyone remember that? I mean, yeah, people cracked a lot of jokes on the internet about the age difference, but regardless, it was a good freaking thing that younger dude took the gun away. Okay, on to number three. May 6th, in Allen, Texas, self-identified neo-Nazi Mauricio Garcia opened fire outside an outlet mall and killed nine while injuring seven others. Garcia had an AR-15-style rifle and pretty much rained bullets down indiscriminately. Fortunately, police officers were able to stop him relatively quickly. Garcia left a long trail of online posts describing his white supremacist views, described mass shootings as sport, gross, and a favorite passage in The Hunger Games, books marked with a swastika drawn in green highlighter. Come on, I think this dude's motives were pretty clear. Number four. On March 27th in Nashville, Tennessee, Audrey Hale killed seven people at the Covenant School. Hale was a former student of the private Christian school and had a manifesto and detailed maps of the grounds. Hale entered the building by shooting through its doors, which seems a little dramatic to me personally. All right, the final number five, and then I'm gonna move on because this is all getting too depressing. In late January, in Half Moon Bay, California, seven people died after two mass shootings several miles apart at a farming and trucking facility in an act of workplace violence. Shortly after, 67-year-old Chun Li Zhao was arrested by police, and he confessed. Okay, well, that's enough of that. I'm going to lighten the mood a bit now. Let's get into some non-murder-related headlines from 2023. In true do-whatever-the-hell-you-want-to fashion, Anna Sorokin released her very own podcast from the comfort of her New York apartment house arrest. Do you remember Anna Sorokin, AKA Anna Delvey? She's the woman who posed as a German heiress and swindled banks, luxury hotels, and the Manhattan elite out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Did anybody else drool over the Netflix show inventing Anna as much as I did? Yeah, I'm sure you did. I know I'm not alone on this. Well, she decided to share her own story this year by launching her own podcast called The Anna Delvey Show. The show is, well, just okay. I mean, what do you expect? But you'll have to listen for yourself and form your own opinion. Either way, the girl has guts and she's never boring. Speaking of swindlers, this year was a big one for indicting America's politicians. I mean, I suppose most years are pretty big for political scandals, but 2023 saw a truly bipartisan effort. Over a five-month span, former President Donald Trump was charged in four criminal cases in four states. In Washington, D.C., he faces four felony counts for his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. In Georgia, he faces 13 felony counts for his election interference in that state. In New York, he faces 34 felony counts in connection with hush money payments to a porn star. And in Florida, he faces 40, count them 40 felony charges for hoarding classified documents after he left office and impeding the government's efforts to receive them. Now don't worry, this is not a one-sided story. As I mentioned, bipartisan efforts all around. It seems Hunter Biden couldn't stand letting his dad be left out of the courtroom fund, so he was indicted twice in 2023. Once for possession of a firearm while on drugs and another time for nine counts of tax fraud. The indictment led to an impeachment inquiry for President Biden in December. You know, I've heard it's really lonely at the top, but I'm not so sure. It seems to me like there's a really loud, crowded, very angry courtroom at the top. But hey, at least everyone is there together. All right, I'll leave you all with one more tasty story that I just can't resist bringing up. Federal prosecutors have called this one of the biggest financial frauds in US history. Plus, I live close to Silicon Valley and one of my friends convinced me to buy some crypto, so this feels a little personal. It's all about a rising and falling crypto star, Sam Bankman-Fried. Bankman-Fried quit his Wall Street job in 2017 and started a cryptocurrency hedge fund, Alameda Research. Soon after, he founded FTX, an exchange that let users buy and sell digital assets such as Bitcoin. Lucky for him, crypto surged. And by 2022, his net worth soared to $26 billion, according to Forbes magazine. This was all before he turned 30. And though he may have been edging toward the coveted top 30 under 30 list, he lost his title quickly. By 31, Bankman-Fried was found guilty of seven criminal fraud accounts, including conspiracy to commit securities fraud and conspiracy to commit commodities fraud against FTX investors and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Something to the tune of $10 billion in customer money from FTX went missing. $10 billion. Bankman-Fried tried to claim that he just, quote, mismanaged his business, but come on, no one bought it. Welcome to your 30s, man. What a letdown. You know, looking back, 2023 was a bit of a doozy. I'm glad we have that year behind us, and we can look forward to brighter pastures in 2024. That's all for today. I'm passing the mic over to Eric Quintana, your host, to get you through those Wednesday blues.
0: Thanks, Laura. Join me every Wednesday for the day's top true crime stories. Tomorrow, more recapping of 2023 bringing you some of the year's most memorable crimes. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening. More crime tomorrow. This Day in Crime is a production of Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Sources for today's episode and full credits can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. We're back at it tomorrow. Thanks for listening.